0: Well, good evening and welcome to Christian Outreach Centre here in Charters Towers. Welcome also to those hungry ones, and we're talking about the hungry ones before the service. Michael says, I'm coming, I want to be one of the hungry ones. To, and uh, to friends and family listening, listening in on our podcast through Podbeam, you can also listen in now through Spotify, Facebook and those sort of things, but a big welcome to you also, to you And uh, I pray that you'll be thoroughly blessed through the ministry here tonight, amen? Many people over the years have pondered in their minds in regard to hearing the voice of God and how we hear the voice of God. Sometimes many people, before they come to Christ, they thought, I I wish I was born in Jesus' day and I could have heard or listened to the words of Jesus for myself as if somehow... We're deprived of that privilege now, which of course we're not. But I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1. and I'm just going to read the first three verses there. And um, it reads, it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. And it says has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being, this is Jesus, the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his great power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Fantastic words, isn't it? And so this here verse is relating to us that in times past, God has spoken and did speak to the people through his prophets and is now speaking to us in this verse, it expressly says to us by his son. In the beginning was the word, John 1.1, 1, 1. we know these verses, very, very famous verses. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, it says in verse 14. But from the beginning, we going back to Genesis chapter 1. And it says in there, ten times, Vayomer Elohim, which means, and said God, let there be light. And in Genesis 1, 6, Vayomer Elohim, and said God, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Genesis 1, 9, again it says, Vayomer Elohim, and said God, let the waters under the heavens be gathered. So 10 times in the first chapter is written, and said God. 31 times the word God is mentioned in the first chapter in Genesis. So it's no wonder those knuckle-dragging Darwinists like to remove Genesis chapter 1 from our Bible, amen? Try to diminish it. But five times it is written in response to the voice of the monarch of the universe, which means, and it was so, and it means, and it was rightly so. When God spoke it, it is rightly so. When God speaks, all matter responds. All matter in the whole universe responds to the voice. So the title of my message tonight is, He Still Speaks. He Still Speaks. I'd like to go to Psalm 29, And read from uh, verses 3 to 11, if you'd like to go there in your Bibles. And it's not a psalm that I actually read that often, but I reread it again this afternoon. And I thought, what a gem it is. And so, there's only 11 verses, so bear with me for a while while I read them through. It says, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. And that's what we did tonight. We worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. It wasn't hard to do, was it? It was beautiful. And then it goes here from verse 3. Listen to this. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. And then it says in verse 4, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Verse 5, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. Verse 6, he makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Sirion, that's Mount Hermon in uh, Israel, like a young wild ox. In verse 7 it says, the voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. Verse 8, the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Verse 9, the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare and in his temple everyone says glory. Verse 10 and 11, the Lord sat enthroned at the flood and the Lord sits as king forever and the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. What a powerful word, what a powerful word. And so we see in the In the space of 11 verses, it says seven times the voice of the Lord. The title of my message tonight, and he still speaks. He still speaks. As God spoke the world into being in Genesis 1 and in the days of creation, as the kingdom of God is voice activated. That's why we need to watch what we speak. Because the kingdom of heaven is voice activated. Amen? So nature is still obedient And responds to the voice of God. But nature also, our present world, also responds to what we speak. Amen? And God creates the fruit of the lips. Or we create the fruit of our lips. Sometimes we have a look at our surroundings. And we have actually produced our surroundings by the fruit of our own lips. And second, uh, when reading this wonderful book of books, we sometimes may get the impression that God spoke the universe and the world into existence and then he withdrew into an obscure silence, perhaps coming out from time to time to do a security check. Has anybody ever thought like that? God spoke the world into existence, created man and woman and all the animals, went on a holiday and came back to see what we'd made of it. But it's not quite like that. It says, uh, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth. So too does the word of the Lord. Amen. And we know that the word of the Lord doesn't return to us void, doesn't it? Isaiah said that in Isaiah 55, 11. But I love Jeremiah 1, 12. I hope you're writing some of these scriptures down so you can ponder them in your own time. And, he, and it says, for I, that meaning God, I am watching over my word to perform it. That's the New American Standard version there. I am watching over my word to perform it. And he still speaks, amen? The written word of God is a progressive revelation of God to man. It's progressive. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God introduces himself as Elohim, which is even a plural word, but it speaks of a creator type of God. Almighty, the voice of the Almighty from Genesis to the book of Revelations, seems confined within its covers. And then we see this book here, and there is a beautiful leather cover. In the book in the front is Genesis, and in the back is Revelations and Maps. And we think the word of the Lord is confined between these covers. But nothing could be further from the truth. God spoke, and the universe and the cosmos responds. And the cosmos didn't have a choice It had to respond. When God speaks, and it shall be so. In the same way when God good news is preached, the gospel demands a response. Amen? You cannot preach the gospel down the middle of a main street and not get a response. It'll either make people mad, glad, or sad, or all three at some point in time. Why? Because the gospel demands a response. His kingdom, that's God's kingdom, is an everlasting kingdom. He may be called the Ancient of Days because he has no beginning, but he is the one who was and who is and is to come, the Almighty God. He covers all dispensations of time, and he is not confined by time. He is the one who was and is to come, the Almighty God. He is the Alpha and the Omega in the Greek, and he is the Aleph and the Tav in the Hebrew, the A to the Z in the Aussie language. God spoke in the days of creation, and he is still speaking, Amen. Can you say that tonight? God is still speaking. God is still speaking. And it's a good thing to remind us because then we can say, I am still listening. I am still listening for the voice of God. It's not obscure. It's not remote, nor is it far off. God is not one or any one of those things. He is as close as a whisper away. Amen. God spoke in the days of creation and he is still speaking. His voice speaks and it's a present tense. It's written in red and confirmed in Hebrews 1, 2. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son. So what's Jesus say about his word? He said the words in John 6, 63, it says, this is Jesus speaking. The words that I speak unto you are spirit and they are life. So it's not just a written word here that we're speaking about. When God speaks, it's spirit and it's life. We know that Jesus is at present and it said that seated at the right hand of the Father, that's where Jesus is currently seated. We also know that there's no distance in the spirit realm, amen? His words are spirit and therefore he is still the ever-present help in time of need, as David testified in Psalms 46. Amen? Jesus' words is spirit and there's no distance in the spirit, If I go to the ends of the earth, he is there. If I go to the end of the heavens or if I go to the depths of Sheol or hell, he is there, amen. He is everywhere. He is ever-present and he is the ever-present help in time of need. It's an encouraging word to every believer here tonight. He is an ever-present help in time of need. So we know that Jesus is is, uh, ever-present. The words that we think uh, that are contained in this mighty book are not, will not, and can never be contained just in the book. No way in the world. The words of God, the words of Jesus, and the words of the Holy Ghost can never be just contained in a book. If eternity or time itself cannot contain God, what makes us think that we can contain him just merely alone in his word? Amen? It's a great thing. But the word of the Lord always backs up and testifies to what he says. And so the word of God is like a caged lion. And uh, I always think uh, when people say, oh, I have to defend the word of God, but the word of God is like a caged lion. I say, open the door and let it out, amen? It's got an amazing ability of enduring the test of time. God spoke and he is still speaking. Paul wrote from a prison cell. In, in fact, he wrote from prison cells all over Europe, amen? He seemed to make a habitual occupation of it. Which prison cell can I preach from now? And, uh, but Paul wrote from a prison cell on many occasions and said, Although I am chained, this gospel can never be chained. Well, that's the word of God. It's something that you can trust. Psalm 33, verse 6 to 9. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. You see? Created by the words of his mouth. He gathers the waters by the sea together as a heap he lays up the deep in storehouses verse 8 let all the earth fear the lord let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him for he spoke and it was done he commanded and it stood fast he still speaks that's what we're talking about tonight he is still speaking amen god spoke and he is still speaking And uh, it reminded me this afternoon, he is the great I am. He was never called the great I was. (laughs) God has never been described as the great I was. He described himself, yeah, 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 I am that I am. I will be what I will be. I I am the great I am, not the great I was. Whoever wants to be a has-been. God is certainly not one of them. When God said to the waves, this far and no further... It's a present tense word from God that held those waves and it's a present tense of word of God that still holds those waves, amen? This far and no further. If the present tense of the word of God was not on the waves, they would be crashing in over that land that God defined all those years ago. And so these 66 love letters, that's the Bible, 66 love letters, 39 in the old, 27 in the new, they are love letters from God himself. Written from the heart of God or the heart of man in its entirety, and they are spirit and they are life. And God is still presently speaking, even this word of God. And when the funny thing is, when you become born again, before you were born again, this word cannot speak to you. And it's not that the word or you can't hear it, and it's not, it's almost like when you get born again, you press the unmute button. And the word of God can begin to speak to your spirit. Amen. Why? Because when you got born again, your spirit came alive. God pressed the unmute button and the word came forth and spoke to you spirit to spirit. God joins his spirit to your spirit when you become born again. Amen. It says so in Corinthians. And so... Are you a son or daughter of the king? Today you can accept Jesus as your saviour. And there will be people listening online tonight and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and saviour. And you've never allowed Jesus to be Lord of your life. Amen. You too can be adopted into the family of God. And you don't, the Bible says that today is the acceptable day of salvation. You don't have to wait to talk to a priest. You don't have to wait to talk to to another person. You can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour tonight. Amen? I pray that you put your hand on the radio, put your hand on the phone and believe in faith on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Repent, believe and receive. But the written word of God has been given to men as an active, present tense voice and an ever presence of God. Amen? When you open up the Bible, the Bible still speaks because God still speaks. When your spirit has been activated, because you're born again, the word of the Lord will speak to you, spirit to spirit. This is something that is alive and breathing, amen. It's called the word of God. Makes you two inches taller when you stand on it, or but it makes you a lot bigger on the inside than you are on the outside when you begin to believe it. The written word of God given to man as a present tense voice, because he still speaks. Hebrews 4.12 puts it this way. He says, for the word of the God is living and powerful. We know this verse, don't we? Hebrews 4.12, you'll learn it by heart. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's, a two-edged sword is like when God speaks it, and then we declare his word, there's a two-edged sword. Amen? God spoke his word. There's one edge of the sword. And when you declare his word, there's the other edge of the sword. So it'll cut in going in and it'll cut when it's going out, amen? Piercing even the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That is the word of God, amen? God still speaks. The greatest archaeological discovery of all time is absolutely the discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls in 1947. And it only occurred only months, only months, within about six months, of the nation of Israel coming back into formation on the 14th of May, 1948, after nearly a 2,000 year dispensation, and really the Jewish people had no real autonomy or self-government since Nebuchadnezzar's siege in 586 BC. So it was almost 2,400 years since Israel actually had autonomy, and all of a sudden this nation comes out of obscurity and uh, gets reformed again, amen? But the nation of Israel and its people were formed on the word of God. The Jewish people were given the word of God and the Torah to Moses. And so only months before this nation was reformed, God was giving them a gentle reminder that this nation was formed originally on the word of God, and when it was born again, the Israel nation was born again, like you and I, in 1948, 14th of May, 1948. Israel was born again, and the Dead Sea Scrolls were unearthed. And in it were just one example. Thousands of documents were found in 11 caves at the Qumran, Qumran Caves. I've been there. And, uh, but there were four complete copies of the, of the books of Isaiah, And people say, oh, the Bible's been tampered with and this and that, and it's been just gone down from father to son, and and you can't rely on it. But word for word for word for word for word, 2,000 years later, the book of Isaiah, word for word, reads the same as your Bible, amen? You can rely on the word of God. You can place your life on the word of God. God is watching over his word. He's spoken and written to perform it. The old as well as the new, in the New Testament covenant or agreement, it's altogether Jewish. Our faith is not two thousand years old, but is built upon the writings of the Old Testament, and Christ is the fulfilment of the whole of the Old Testament. Amen. The four hundred and fifty-six prophecies of the person of Jesus Christ are fulfilled only in one man, and that one man is Jesus Christ. Amen. And he's described in John chapter one as the Word of God. Amen. God still speaks. This is not just a book, but this is rather a book of books, and God is still speaking. The progressive revelation of God to man from the book of beginnings, which is Genesis, to the book of revelations. Amen. Isn't this good stuff? Isn't this good stuff? Very, very good. And um, let me just think what I'm going to here. And in the Greek, it's called apocalypsos. And it literally means, it doesn't really li- literally mean, uh, we think of apocalypse. As soon as we think of apocalypse, we think of Hollywood, don't we? And we think of cataclysmic events, world war, pestilence, disease, earthquakes, tsunamis. And they all occur all, almost all at the same time, amen? Hollywood has loved the theme of the disaster and they've released how many movies on the apocalypse or apocalyptic themes? Great ice ages and... and uh, cataclysmic waves coming through places, but they always omit the glorious return of Jesus Christ. Amen? They never include the best bit. Amen? Which coincides or finishes with that time. But they omit the beautiful prayer in Psalm 118, verse 26. And it says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. And when Jesus returned in the Hebrew, it says, which means blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And reiterated, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, remember everybody was praising God, uh, praising Jesus as he rode in on a donkey into Jerusalem, and they were shouting at Baruch Bashem Adonai. Amen? And they were laying down the palm leaves as he came through that eastern gate. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye shall see him, Even they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. That's in the book of Revelations. Because why? Because Jesus is still speaking, amen? And these things will be fulfilled. And once again, we see that the history of mankind hangs off the two hooks of the first and second coming of Jesus Christ, amen? Before Jesus came the first time, there was a couple of thousand years where they were looking forward to a Messiah coming, when he did come, they were, and he died, then there was second, and then he said, I will return. And so all of human history really hangs off the two hooks of the first and second coming of Jesus Christ. Revelations 1.8, and Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord who was and who is and who is to come, the Almighty. And surely I think... I've just added this section in, but surely that must stir in you a reverential fear of God in the house today. And I know we sing, and sometimes fairly confidently, what a friend we have in Jesus. And we sing it, you know, and you are to a guy with a, a cowboy hat and a piece of straw hanging out of his mouth, and he's strumming away on a half-tuned guitar. What a friend we have in Jesus. You ever, ever heard that song? Everybody seems to go, but you know, one day, it doesn't somehow describe the reverential fear of God, amen, the way we sing that song. Because you and I will all stand before uh, a great white throne of judgment, particularly the unbelievers as described, and they will stand without legal representation, and somehow she'll be right, mate, just will not cut it. When you are confronted with the reverential awesomeness of God, in his full glory, in his full power, when we think that at some stage in this, in this history of humanity that God will pour out the full measure of his wrath, somehow what, we, what a friend we have in Jesus, sung by somebody who's not even sure what he's singing, is not going to cut it. In a courtroom, to stand without legal representation generally would mean a jail sentence, amen? How will we go in the courtroom of heaven without any legal representation? Jesus Christ is the attorney of all attorneys, has never lost a case. And so I encourage you today, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, today is a great day to do so. But the eternal plight of those who do eternity on the merit of just being a good bloke, amen? Just a good Aussie guy, just a good Aussie gal, amen? I have never done much harm. But heaven's standards of holiness is not attainable without him. The Bible says that it is a fearful and awful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. And I bring these scriptures to bear because the Lord has prompted me and the Lord will judge his people, he says in Hebrews 10. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And so, there is a, God is still speaking through his word, and these are not words that we should treat so lightly, amen? The gospel message of grace, which has been this last 2,000 years, has we been a one of love, and God loves us, and so he does. But there is a judgment coming which we all should treat very seriously, Amen? and to reflect on a daily basis our life and walk with God. Amen? I don't really believe, and that's why I bring that word today. And so when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. And Moses was one who represented the people, and there was no more humble man on all the face of the earth. How much more so when we stand in the presence of Almighty God? Moses was just in front of God for about 40 days and 40 nights. Came down and the people couldn't bear to be in his presence. How much more so to stand before God in that day? And it says, and whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone and Moses put a veil over his face and... uh, It's it's an amazing sight, but the book of Revelation, Apocalypse, is is an uncovering and a full disclosure and an unveiling of the person of Jesus Christ that his glory too would be fully revealed. And so, I just reflect before I close as Jules comes to the keys for this moment, in regard to what man speaks, and what God speaks. Once again, the two subjects are absolutely diametrically opposed, meaning they are incomparable. Nimrod said in the days when he was setting up the original Assyrian kingdom, he said, I will not disperse over the face of the earth. He was defying the command of the word of the Lord. God spoke and he expects us to obey. The Lord, the Lord says be fruitful and multiply and disperse over the face of the earth. Subdue and have dominion. But he wanted to set up his own dominion and I will build my own kingdom. I will build my own tower to reach the heavens for my glory. But God's spoken word and written word are not to be ignored. And so the confused language and speech brought the tower of Babel to nothing. And man's word at that point in time was reduced to Babel. That's what happened, isn't it? But God's word, he says in Psalm 119 verse uh, 87, he says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Can you see the contrast? Man's word is, is the grass withers, the flower fades. He says, but the word of the Lord endures forever. When God speaks, that's what we hang on to. What man speaks is temporal. We can't even make a promise to ourselves and keep it. <laughs> Who's made themselves a promise to themselves? I'm going to go and walk up the Towers Hill every single day this week. Monday, we walk up. Tuesday, we walk up. Wednesday, we walk up. Thursday, we, fr- Friday, well, I d- didn't get there. Saturday was, was ah, oh yeah. next week, Monday, Monday. We can't even trust ourselves, can we? Is there anybody here who feels like that? Oh, I'm in that category. I say, well, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. Anyway, Monday I get there and I said, oh, well, I have a rest Tuesday. And I say, well, I'll have a rest Wednesday. I'll go Thursday. And i still got Saturday to go. And then I get to Thursday and then I, and I you know, we're fickle, aren't we? Our word is fickle. He said, but God still speaks, but his word endures forever. It's a fantastic thing to trust in the Word of God. And, you know, there's so many ways that God speaks to us. I made a list of them. Oh, I made a list of about things. You know, God speaks to us. And this wouldn't be comprehensive. There's so many ways. And God has spoken to you. You know the voice of the Lord. And when you tune into God, you're most likely going to hear Him. He speaks through His Word. He speaks through the person of Jesus Christ. He speaks through the Holy Spirit. He can speak through a sermon. Wonderful! He can speak through a teacher. He can speak through a wise counsel. He can speak through somebody's testimony. He can speak. We, he can speak through our own experiences with God. He speaks through creation. Oh, you haven't got to walk through a garden long to know that God can speak to you. Amen. He speaks through books. I remember reading the book "Good Morning, Holy Spirit" by Benny Hen, and the Spirit of the Lord just came all over me for days and days. And God spoke to me through the power of His Holy Ghost, through an anointed book, through an anointed writer. Worship and music—there's nothing like the Spirit of the Lord speaking to you in the midst of worship. It's beautiful, isn't it? He may just put His arm around you in the middle of worship, and He say, "It's okay, Jeff. It's going to be good. It's okay, Lydia. It's wonderful. I'm going to breathe on that work that I that you've been doing." Oh, he loves you so much. He loves you so much. He can speak through dreams. Remember, Paul had a dream. And he, after being prohibited from going into Asia to preach the gospel, he saw in a vision a man from Macedonia saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And the Lord spoke through a dream and through a vision. It's okay. He can speak through promises, through circumstances, through history, through uh Through sufferings, God can speak through joy. He speaks through love. And he certainly speaks through peace. When you're making a decision, God's peace will rest on it. And when you know and sense the peace of God on a major decision, you can trust that the Lord is with you. Amen. When your spirit is in turmoil, it's because you're out of kilter with what God wants you to do. There is a reason why there's a coffee grinder going off inside your stomach because you're out of kilter with the plans and purposes of God. God's trying to reach you and when His peace rests upon your situation, know that you are hearing from God because He is the Prince of Peace. I was thinking about it today. There's one thing that you think, oh, could that be the devil? You know what? Uh, The devil can do a lot of things, but he won't love you. He will not love you. He will not love you. And so his peace will not rest on you when you're going down that conclusion. The powerful conclusion to this whole thing, it's not a question of God still speaks. We know that he does. But it's actually our response to God when he does speak. That really is the greater question. And Jesus said seven times in the book of Revelations to the seven letters to the churches, To each church, every single one of them, he says, he who has a hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Spoken seven times. Amen? And then just in, in closing there, there's an Old Testament prayer, which they recite. And it says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. In other words, hear or listen. But the Hebrew word there for here is Shema. Can you say that? Shema. And the word and the meaning for Shema means to listen, to obey and to respond. How good is that? So when it's not a question of God still speaks because we know He does, but when He speaks, will I listen? Will I obey? And will I? Respond, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring this simple word to this people today. Father, for those listening online, I pray, Lord, that they will not only hear the word of God, but Father, they would listen, obey, and respond the way that you have invited them to do. I pray, let the Spirit and the anointing of heaven, Father, bring and activate this word into people's spirits, Lord, to bring change. That we, Father God, will be like you, Father. That you are bringing your church from glory to glory. Father, we love you today. We honour you and praise you. And everybody said, Amen and Amen.